Yo, what's up, motherfuckers? It's your bit on Young Hills. Take me back to the 90s podcast, episode 18. Hope I find hope I find you well wherever you are on this beautiful planet called Earth. Dylan, what's up? How's Malaysia? Oh yeah, man. Uh, how are you doing? Um Malaysia. Oh, yeah, it's been raining a lot. <laughs> it's been raining a lot and uh, uh, yeah, it's just been. Uh, are you guys of... in summer or are you in winter? Uh, no, Malaysia. Malaysia doesn't have very consistent weather. It's quite bipolar, so we don't really know what to expect. To be very honest, so what's yeah. the what what's the coldest that it gets? The coldest, <clears throat> maybe what eighteen, nineteen degrees at best. No, <laughs> you lied, No, so it never even snows or like hails or anything like that. Uh, not even. That's not even close. The most it will get. I think the closest I've ever seen is maybe uh seventeen degrees, but it's, it's damn. Pretty much eighteen, nineteen. I mean, the cold aspect we only feel it when it's raining, like really, really raining. But even then, it's like, oh, this is nothing to me. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we we're gonna get into our first topic, kind of uh, going back to what we talked about last week, the whole Jay Z and NFL thing, and um. One of Jay-Z's old pals chimed in, Dame Dash. You know, I think Dame Dash suffers from a particularly biblical sort of curse. Like, he turns into a pillar of salt anytime he looks back on his partnership with Jay. Like, with people piling on Jigga off on, on, his, on his whole NFL deal, you know that Dash had to, you know, find a mic very fast. And in an interview with Adam22, a no-jumper, Dame addressed the rumor that Jay-Z snaked Jermaine Dupree to get a deal with the NFL. Both Funkmaster Flex, Flex and uh, Brian Michael Cox claimed that Jay talked the, uh, JD out of working with the NFL, then turned around and secured a partnership for himself. Dash couldn't let's be surprised. You know, he quoted and say, he said this, he said, I mean, everybody knows Jay ain't shit. You know, Dash said, if you ask anyone in the industry, it's a common knowledge that Jay ain't shit. Dash also explained that Jay has no motivators beyond money and claimed that he regularly stiffs small fries, knowing that they don't have a platform to push back. He said that he's about the bag. We all know that he's self-preserving, period. It's just that people he does it to don't have Beyonce next to them, he said. They don't have the kind of power, but this dude here, everyone's looking. Uh, Jermaine Dupree denied the idea that Jay-Z talked him out of working with the NFL, but he did admit that a conversation happened where Jay let Dupree know he had his back. Um, he said that he and, he, and, he and I never had a conversation where he told me, don't do what you're doing. He said, what our conversation was, was that, you know what side I'm on, I understand what you're doing. That's what the conversation was. Dylan, what do you think about the, these comments that, that Dame Dash made? Um... To be honest with you, I've always I've always liked Dame Dash. I I, I always have because he he I mean not to sound um, <laughs> egotistic, but he reminds me of myself to a degree because. Like, <laughs> oh, why are you laughing? Like no, like for he's real. A, he's because a villain. He's a villain, basically, uh, but uh-huh. not in a not in a in a bad way. But he's a villain in the sense that well, he's a villain in this narrative that we live in, which we call uh, which we call Earth. Um, because he says he says a lot of things that people don't want to say or talk about, um, and 
you know, I watched, I watched, the, I, I watched that entire podcast, and oh, you know, I don't know. Okay. yeah, because I wanted to get a full picture of you know what he. I mean, I know how Dave talks and his philosophy, but I wanted to get a full picture of where he was at and what he thinks. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, Dave, um, a lot of the things that he says end up being prophetic. You know, he says things way beyond you know you know, most people's time. And, you know, and for him, like he was saying in the interview, I don't know if you, um, if, if you heard it, but he was like, look, a lot of the things that I've said, um, they always turn out true, you know. And, okay. yeah, so with the J thing, and, and like, and you know what, I'm, I kind of get uh, confused with the whole J situation because it's like, you can tell that to a degree he's still hurt by the situation, but at the same time, it's like, rah, like... Who do you past- think is still hurt, Dame? No, no, not heard, but it's like, ah, uh, you know, man did me dirty because like... So, do, you, do you agree when people say, I think Dame Dash still holds a grudge and then people throw out what he says? You no, know, no, no, I, I, yeah. no. Of course, look, he's human. Yeah. Of course, he's going to feel some type of way about Jay and how he moves. But in terms of grudge, no, I don't think so because... If we add context, um, I don't know if you saw the part where he spoke about um, reasonable doubt. He said, listen, I'm old royalty checks for reasonable doubt, yet it's being played multiple times. I haven't gotten my checks, you know, but he doesn't care. He hasn't really done. He said, I haven't done anything about it. That's the problem with the whole Jay-Z, Dame Dash and how everyone takes Jay-Z sides and hardly no one's on Dame Dash side. It's like Jay did Dame Dash dash dirty like yeah. it's not even a question about it when you talk about things like that like royalties and shit like that like he but because he's this art people's idols and people like in, in in people's eyes he can't do wrong and 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 damn dash said it he said listen jay-z does so many sh- so many bo- like shit that's you know kind of out of pocket but nobody ever checks him or, or, or no one ever you know, people don't think he's, he's shit smells, basically. And that's my problem. And now everyone is like, oh, no, Dame is holding a grudge. So let's not even listen to him. He's hurt. No, listen. If there's anyone who knows Jay-Z on this planet, inside and outside, it's Dame Dash. I don't care whether you think he's got... Yeah, but he also said, I, I, I can't be, you know... You know, I, 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 I'm... You know, my, my opinion is also different because I've had different experiences. But... I hate how people are just throwing out his opinion. Yeah, because I watched a couple of interviews afterwards uh, regarding that whole podcast situation. And it did, like you said, it irked me a lot to hear people say, ah, oh, Mandem has got a grudge against Jay. And it's like, bro, yeah. like, can you, can you please just listen to the whole thing objectively? Because, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's like, because it's like, okay, because I, I said to myself, I was like, okay, even if, let's say, we go with that narrative that he has a grudge, mm. so what? He's mm. human. He's gonna because, like, do you know what's funny? But um, he, st- but he still knows Jay Z more than any of you all do. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know. So, uh, and the thing is, what he said, you know, in the beginning of the, you know, the question where he said, "Listen, that's not so." He said, "It's not surprising to me." He said, "Everyone in the industry knows that Jay Z is self-preserving." You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I'm not. And, and he said, yo, there's a pattern with this dude. Look at the pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's like, he's like, it's like Trump. And he said it. It's like, he's like Trump. Like, people just, you know, are oblivious to the shit that he does because we're all numb to it. And it's, it's true. Yeah. There is a pattern with what shit that Jay-Z's done. 
Yeah, so you know what, with Dame, um, I've always liked Dame, and you know, after I got the you know more holistic um, picture of who Jay was, you know, I started looking at him, I started looking at him differently because I was like, but you know what, he's right. You know, there is a because I, I first because um, I before this podcast, I've seen other interviews where Dame does talk about what happened, you know, with Death Jam and and, and all that stuff, and mm. it was. And it made me look at Jay differently. I still respect his art. He's still, you know, he's still a top rapper, everything. But yeah. in terms of my lens, my lens were di- a bit more different, you know, in terms of the way I look at him. So, um, no, you know, what, what Dave said was true. Um, and, and I like what he said to the interviewer, because he was like, listen, what, what the fuck are you guys talking about? You guys keep talking about a deal. What is the deal? And mm, Exactly. Mm. And I, I was also like, I, I was kind of embarrassed myself. I was like, but Rob, but yeah, what is the deal? We don't even know what it is. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so um, Dame says a lot of things, you know, that most people don't think about or don't even want to talk about, you know, so he's prophetic in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then on with this Jay's NFL thing, um, recent news has come out that Apparently, he's going to be a part owner. I don't know what team he's going to buy into, but I'm sure those negotiations are underway and it will be revealed later on. But even if he does become a part owner, and this is the thing that he, people were like, oh, people are so celebrating it like he's going to change the whole NFL, like he's going to give Kaepernick a job. That's the problem <laughs> I have with black people. If yeah. I buy the New York Giants, I want to win, Dylan. What and and I love Kaepernick, but like don't don't think that because a black man buys a club now he's gonna just yo Kaepernick hey, listen like and and that's the question I hear I heard it a lot and it's like oh so you guys are expecting Jason to give him a job why you know what I mean he this is he, if he buys into a team he wants to win and I'm sorry Kaepernick is not a quarterback that I would hire to win you know what I mean I I'll be just doing it just for the you know, and 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 that expectation is bullshit because that's not gonna happen. Like, don't don't think that Jay's gonna be the owner of the Jets or the Giants or whatever team he buys into, and suddenly he's gonna give Kaepernick a job. It's not gonna happen. You guys are dreaming. You know what? <laughs> I feel you know the pattern that I'm seeing. I feel like um, you know the NFL owners have have applied what happens to politics, where black people will put their faith or their vote when there's no party, when there's no agenda that has been set into play. Because you are assuming, because, oh, exactly. By exactly. Did we do, this is why, you know, this is why I said in the previous um, podcast that black people are politically retarded. Because how do you just ex- assume? How can you be so... I crazy? know. And where would you expect that? Number one... He, 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 if he buys into a club, he wants to win. You, you, he, NFL is, a, is the sport of winning. You know what I mean? Number two, you don't owe shit to Kaepernick. Uh, when it comes to, to that realm, when it comes to him being an owner, he doesn't owe anybody a favor. Like, like, like stop, get out of La La Land. It's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but there's something that I, that I found quite interesting that I, it sort of changed my stance on, on Kaepernick. I don't know what you think, but um, okay. there's this former NFL player. And, um, What's his name? 
I forgot his name. I sent you the link, but um, it's this bold dude. He was quite aggressive <laughs> when he was talking about it. Bold dude, bold dude. Who's bold? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so basically, I mean, he said a lot, but basically, what he said was, "I'm a bit skeptical about Kaepernick, you know, kneeling down." And I was like, "Huh? What are you talking about?" He was like, first of all, Kaepernick." Prior, you know, um, prior was this was this during or after or recently when he said no, this? No, recently, this came out like this week. Um, okay, yeah. So he was like, "I'm a bit skeptical about the Kaepernick situation in all, like in in its entirety," because he said Kaepernick, because um, he I think he played because he said I played with him. So I think mm. he's, he's someone who played with Kaepernick. Um, he said mm. like prior, you know, him taking a stand. He never spoke about, you know, uh, the injustice that was going on in America. He never said much at all. And at the same time, during that same period, Kaepernick was not, he wasn't at the at the height of his career. He wasn't being picked as much. You know, um, people weren't looking at him as much as he did. And he was having contractual, uh, contractual uh, issues with, uh, with the owners as well. So... He said that it makes me think that Kaepernick probably took a stand to couple it with what was going on in his own life. With, with what? <sighs> to be honest, on. I think that I think that's a wild take. It doesn't no, no, make wait, wait. sense. I, I thought that I thought the same thing, but then he said, "Listen, look, think about it. Have you ever heard Kaepernick actually speak up?" It's always uh, you see, you see that type of whatever. It, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm not with it. Is still like he, Kaepernick took a very big risk. He took he he lost his job and he he, he lost his dream for what? Like, do you think he, he was this? Like, the, I, I I don't believe Noah is that conniving or, or to, to, to risk that type of move. You, oh, you no, don't know I, that you're gonna get um the you okay. The way he described it, he didn't say it as if like it was a master plan. It was one of those, he said, for me, because for, he said, look, I played with him. So I, I got to see how he was. And, and, and I want to know who this person is. I, I'm trying to first search who this person is because I, I really want to know. Yeah. Um, so he, the way he described it, he said, look, I feel as if Kaepernick did it as, as because he said that there was a lot of things that weren't going well in his life in terms of his career. Easy. Yeah, but uh, that doesn't. Like, oh, I don't know, man. I, I'm. I. I. I don't believe that. Honestly, I, I just don't. No, no, no. I'm not saying he's right, uh, but it made me think a little bit because I was like, but wow, you know what? Kaepernick has never actually said anything like. But how do we know that, Dylan? How do no, we know that? Wait, wait, and wait, even wait. if he didn't, does it? Does it? Does it <laughs> like, why does, does it matter? <laughs> he still. He too took a stand. No. Okay, here's where it sort of gets, you know, like it sort of makes me think because he was like, listen, his girlfriend speaks more than him. He hardly speaks. And if he's speaking, he speaks through his lawyer. So if Okay, he- okay. That, yeah. On that point, I, I agree. I, f- I feel like Colin Kaepernick needs to speak more. Like his girlfriend can't be just, you know, de- defending him all the time. He needs to come out and be more. But I think that's just who he is. He just, he's never been that that person and that's why you probably would say oh yeah he's never been outspoken because in general that's not the person he is other than him kneeling uh, you know during the anthem he's never been that type of person so yeah yeah no, no definitely like i said i'm not saying that i agree with him but it did make me think 
or look at things a bit different. Like, wow, you know what? That's a possibility. It's a wild take. It took too much of a risk for that to be true. Well, to be honest with you, if he had too much of a risk, no one would have known it it would have played out like this. To be very honest with you, Larry, I'm not going to lie to you. Because he took the settlement, that whole stuff is is dizzy for me. I can't lie to you because it's... I don't know because we don't know what the settlement is. And so I still am not going to just because he took... Even though I, 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 I am iffy about the settlement and how how it's not clear what it was, how, the amount of it, you know, what, what was in that agreement, you know, yes, I feel a certain way, but I'm not going to be like, because he took a settlement, he planned this. No, like that man took a big risk that I don't think anyone in sports history has ever taken. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, like I said, that's why, you know, I said, look, I'm not necessarily agreeing with him or say that, oh, this is the be or and end or, but um, it did make me, think a little bit and look at uh, a Colin a little bit differently, you know? So, but yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my thought on it. But yeah, um, going back to the JV situation um, and just, you know, uh, black Americans, uh, honestly, it's like clockwork nowadays, honestly, because they just have this. And it's like, do you guys, do you guys eat food at his house? How are you this presumptuous? <laughs> you know? So, um, but yeah, what Dave said concludes everything for me in the sense that, listen, we don't actually know what the deal is. We're just speculating. So it's pointless to talk about it, you know. So at the end of the day, Jay is self-preserving. Uh, self-preserving and mm-hmm. that's all there is to it, you know. And Colin, and Colin at this stage, he can't really do or say much because he took a settlement. So it's like, you don't really have... Yeah, any- he probably signed an NDA. Exactly. And no, no wonder why Nessa speaks so much, uh, you know, talks so much on his behalf. I'm sure he signed the NDA. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so there's no bargaining power on any side. You know, the, the NFL owners have won. Honestly. But if he did sign the NDA, I, I have no respect for him. Well, uh, all, all, all of this is pointless. You signed yeah. the NDA. Yeah. They're basically shutting you up. They're paying you money to shut up. Exactly. So, so you should just sit down. I don't want to hear nothing from Nessa if he did sign the NDA, which I think he did. Yeah, that's why I'm a bit iffy about Colin. And like you said, I'm not negating what he did, but he, you know, it, what he did lost weight when he took the settlement. Genuinely speaking, you know. Right. So yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit iffy about it. But hey, it is what it is. Can't do anything about it. And there are some people I've, I've seen on the timeline have been saying Colin has been given, um, come on, what teams, they, they, two teams offered Colin Kaepernick a, a job, but because the salary wasn't as much as he wanted, he turned it down. That I don't know because we don't know like the specifics of, of what the contract was. Um, on, on, on that, I, I understand like how people could be like, okay, yeah, he's, he's in it for the money. But as a player, if you know your talent as a quarterback, I mean, it's in his right to, to turn down a, a contract. I know how it looks like. Like, okay, you, you, what, you, 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 you're asking the NFL for the job and then two teams have offered you or maybe a backup job and you've said no, maybe because of the contract or the position that you're going to play. I understand why people, the optics of it don't look good. But I also, you know, playing devil's advocate... He has a right to say, listen, I know my value. You know? Well, honest with you, I think in that situation, um, for me, he doesn't have any bargaining power because 
he has to take into account that. I, I I agree with you on that one as well. He hasn't played for over he, two, three years. So I agree with you on that one. He's not in any position to be making demands because it's like, we don't know how fit you are. You know, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like. He has, he has been training like regularly though. Like yeah. that's one thing. Are but he things. hasn't been playing exactly. training and, and match fitness is two different things and yeah, so yeah. for me that's why you know people might feel iffy about the whole money thing because it's like a dog like are you in it for the money and, and and a lot of people have said why don't you go to the cfl the canadian football league they will be gladly happy to take you you would be a star in that league and it's a conversation that i i, I wonder if if his agents and people with him are having knowing how the, how they this whole kneeling thing is going to the CFL wouldn't be the move right now like like it wouldn't be the PR move from from his camp but I understand some some people are like yo if you really want to play the CFL will take you you know how bad do you want this you know what I mean mm. do you do you want to come back to the NFL and set some legacy that you were you know they blocked you and you came back you know like I I feel there must be that the certain type. There must be some ego at play that he wants. He wants his story to finish like a movie. I honestly believe that. Yeah, that's why I'm uh, to be very honest with you. Listening to that guy who spoke about Kaepernick, and then when you you know put in the settlement, like all these variables that have been included, I'm I'm I am I'm not gonna lie to you. I am a bit skeptical about his entire process, genuinely. You know so. I don't know. You know, time with time, things do tend to reveal themselves eventually. You know, uh, maybe later on in a couple of years, we will find out like what was really going on with Colin, you know, and the deal and, and Jay. But right now, it's all speculation at this point. Yeah. What do you think about the whole Jermaine Dupree thing that, you know, it's, I know Jermaine Dupree came out and said, yo, we had the conversation, but he really didn't tell me not to do it. But I, I kind of feel like he's kind of defending his friends. Yeah, you know what? Because I was like, listen, there are three, four sources saying the opposite of what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, so who's, who's lying? Because obviously, <laughs> it's like, well, obviously we should believe the source, like the actual person that's being spoken about. But then it's like... But why would people make such an egregious lie like that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what? It sounds as if, like, you don't want to sever a relationship with Jay. So, you know, you're going to make up the soul. Like, oh, uh, yeah. man, didn't, man didn't tell me not to take the deal. You know what I mean? And you know what? I think he's trying to preserve his relationship with Jay. Because what Dame said in the interview, he said, listen, Jay is typically the person. Cause he, and he gave a practical example. He said... I've been in a situation where I've said, oh, yo, you know, I like that chick. I'm going to, I'm going to holler at her. And then Jay was like, nah, I wouldn't holler at her. And then the next day. Listen, when I heard that line, I was like, I'm sure Beyonce came home and was like, what is Dame Dash talking about? (laughs) He sounds so grimy. Yeah. Yeah. No. And to be honest with you, I believe that Jay, do you know what? Do you know, I, I think there was a, I don't know, I'll send it to you, but there was sort of like a psychology test, you know, based on Jay's achievements and what he's done, his his, his upbringing. And they said Jay, Jay is what, 48, 49? They said that Jay, due to his his life experiences and what he's achieved, Jay might be 49, but mentally he's well over 100. And, and, 
I mean, this was just a theory, not fact, but they were just like, mm. that's one. Number two, he's essentially a high, fu- he's a high functioning sociopath. <laughs> no, no, and, and, and a high functioning sociopath, it's not necessarily like he's a killer or he, he's an evil person. He's just very conceited and self-preserving. So he would tell you like, and, and you know what, when I read that uh, report about Jay, it was just like a theory based on like a bunch of psychologists who were just probably trying to get into hip hop characters. Um, <laughs> the description that they gave me of Jay, I was like, yo, this like word for word sounds like Jay. Because basically, he, he's the type of person who would say and do all the nice things you want to hear. So for example, Jay has been doing the whole, oh yeah, Trump is bad, or justice this, equality that, or NFL this, and then in a few months or in a few years, the ter- like the whole situation turns and then he flips it to his benefit. And it's like, rah, like, that's a bit grimy. That doesn't sound like what you were talking about. You know what I mean? So Jay is essentially a high-functioning sociopath. And, and and the problem I have Jermaine Dupree and and they were given the same deal. The deal that Jermaine Dupree was given was basically the halftime show and curating it and all that. I don't think he got the whole uh, social freaking whatever um, deal, you know. Um, but even then, if my friend, if I come to my friend, yo, NFL is offering me this, and then you like, nah, don't do it, and then. Not even six months later, you're taking the same deal with other things added on top of it. As a friend, wouldn't you be like, but you know what? You ain't, you ain't cool though. Because you took like, and that's, that's the thing that Dame Dash said. Like, yo, you he would tell you, 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 you show him a girl and be like, yeah. He would tell you, you know, you, you know that, that, that dude in the clique. You show him your girl and he's like, nah, that, that ain't the one. And then he's like liking every single pick on the gram, and 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 it's like, why? Where is the accountability? Or like, where, why is in Jermaine and everyone else like checking him? Like, yo, fam. But six months ago, you told me not not take this deal, and now you're taking it, and you think you can do things differently. Like, who are you? Well, to be honest with you, what Dame said about Jay, it's fact, you know. And I hadn't looked at it from that perspective, but he said, listen. He's Jay-Z, that's number one. Number two, he's with Beyonce. She's one of the most powerful women in the world. He said, of course, if you've got Beyonce, you know, next to you, you can close any deal. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know what, that's true. No, because that's, because between those two, there is so much power. So much power. Oh, yeah, 100%. Beyonce, Beyonce has secured the female side of things, and Jay has secured like the male side and even the female side of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in terms of just the power that they have, it's, it's, it's crazy. You can't even, there's no one who can even top that in, in, in entertainment, not even Denzel or even Will Smith. Like no one can even touch that. So, so of course with Jermaine, he's probably thinking like, rah, yeah, what he did was grimy, but <laughs> I don't, number one, I don't want to be blackballed because like Jay might have that kind of power to blackball him or whatever it is. And, he probably feels that it's, it's more beneficial to be in contact with Jay than not to be in contact with Jay. Listen, you know? Jermaine, just because you did a song called Money Ain't a Thing with Jay-Z in the 90s doesn't, doesn't mean you can check a nigga, man. Check that nigga. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I, I, to be honest, I, I was a bit annoyed with Jermaine's comment. It, it was, 
I feel like Jay called him like, yeah, you need to come on, man, you need to defend me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that, that, because the way Flex was talking about it, it sounded like it was 100% confirmed that yes, you know. So there were about three, four sources saying the same thing. And then Jermaine turned around and says, nah, that's not the narrative. I'm like, mm, okay, so who do we believe? You know what I mean? So, uh, it's, it's a tough one, honestly. Anyway, Subo's in like six months. We'll wait and see what he does with this whole thing. Uh, social injustice. What he's going to do with the money that he gets from the NFL, basically. Um, moving on from uh, the Jay-Z, Dame Dash, Jermaine Dupree story. We're going to move on to some ratchet shit. And it's something, some, something that I've been, uh, you know, this is how Girl Summer needs to end, man. I can't wait for this hot girl summer city girl shit to end. You motherfuckers, every single week you 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 have a new challenge and you this. Last week it was the cucumber challenge, and now we are on this DMX challenge. First of all, I have one big problem with people sharing doing the DMX challenge. If you've never listened to Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, don't even know a bar from that album, please don't do the DMX challenge. Like it's 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 so fucking it's so annoying. Like none of you bitches listen to DMX. You know what I mean? Like I I know so many girls who are doing this, and I'm kind of like you know when you you thought a girl was cool, maybe she you, you could you know date her, wife her. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> DMX challenge is one of those things that if you if you do it, if I see you doing a DMX challenge, and I thought that me and you could you know could vibe. I'm cancelling you. I'm deleting you from the black book. Ah, <laughs> uh... <laughs> not for real, for real. It's it's it's, it's sad. <laughs> you know what? I I didn't even know what was going on until you told me. <laughs> I didn't even know what was going on before you told me. And then when I saw it on YouTube, I I I nearly vomited. You know, um, like really, like I I went to the sink and like I was about to catch. <laughs> you know, so. Um, so yeah, um, like you said, it's very cringeworthy and, um, I, cause you know, when you see something, you're like, what is this? You know? And, um, and it's not even organic. I can understand the cucumber shit is more organic than this. None of you please listen to DMX. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I mean, look, look, I, I get it. You know, people could argue and say, well, you know, this is just for fun. It's just for banter. And stuff I know, like I know. One but- person was like, yo, this, and, and I'll get into this after, after this. I hate people on, on, on social media. They just, uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I saw it and I was just like, Ugh, you know, it's a bit... I don't know. It, I just felt some type of way of it because, like, yeah, we could argue and say, "Well, it's just banter. It's not that deep." Blah blah blah. But it was just like, I just feel like girls are just—they've got this groupthink mentality, and it's just like, do you guys follow? It's so bad. It's yeah, so like, bad. like guys succumb to every stupid trend that comes along. Like, can you please get a life? Like, please. And, like, and you and you know who these girls' mentors are now? Like in the nineties, where the Whitney Houston's, we had, you know, we had the Monicas, we had we, wait, we had wait, wholesome wait. mentors. You can't, you can't yeah? really include Whitney Houston, man. She was on crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Put no. She was behind behind doors. She wasn't doing that shit in public. She wasn't like you know. We didn't know that other than you know. <laughs> Bob, Bobby, Bobby was saying it. 
<laughs> no, but what I'm trying to say is we had we had whole we had wholesome mentors, people like women to look up to the nineties. Nowadays, and please don't don't stone me. I love Meg the Stallion, but that can't be your fucking your mentor and your fucking <laughs> <laughs> like fucking hell, man. Yeah. Man, Becky the Stallion and Jordan Woods are, are, are your biggest mentors. Fucking hell. Uh, you know what? What I, what, I, what I see from all of that, really. But what I see from all of that, really, is um, there are two types of women who are into that stuff. Motherlessness, fatherlessness, <laughs> and, and groupthink mentality. They, you, I, I promise you, whoever is, is, is like into that whole hard... And, and look... We could argue and say, yeah, it's just for banter, it's not that serious, uh, yeah. Oh, cool, fair enough, there's an exception to every rule. But people who are into that stuff, I promise you, when you look into their background, it's, it's really a bunch of women who are motherlessness. Like, when I, and when I say motherlessness, I, I don't mean that they don't have a mother. I mean that they have a disconnect to their mother. Their mother was trash, probably. Dad wasn't around, or the dad was trash. So, of course, you don't really have someone you can look up to and obviously by virtue in terms of psychology the most popular person is the ideal person you would probably you know look look up to and unfortunately it's Meg the Stallion and for me that's quite pathetic and is a reflection on how sad your life is to be very honest with you <laughs> so um yeah but anyway look People are young. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, judge and be like, oh, this is, you know, the end of life or anything. People are young. People do stupid things in their 20s, you know. But what I would say is, rah, like, if you're doing that shit in your 30s, then, yeah, you, you, need, you need to get help. Like, you Yo, know. Little Duval said something, and I, 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 we had, me and Dylan had this conversation like, earlier this week. He mm. posted on, on his Instagram, he said, we're going we to feel the repercussions of all these deadbeat moms in a decade. Kind of like what we what we what 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 happened in the eighties with deadbeat dads and and me and you had a conversation and you you kind of were like oh you know are they deadbeat moms is, is that a thing and 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 I was saying in in my age group I already see that but also in this next generation in this hard girl summer the next generation of mothers fam they're definitely going to be some deadbeat moms no question asked it's getting worse. Yeah, you know what? I can see that happening because mm. I look at for a lot of um, a lot of women, you know, you know, globally, the priorities are different now. The priorities are different. The the mm. priorities to make uh, uh, a makeup YouTube channel, and you know, to to buy different color we uh, uh, different color weaves, different color wigs, uh, you know, to get their exercise on Instagram. You know, the priorities have changed. You know, and yes, we could argue, like I said, we could argue and say, well, people are just enjoying their youth and, and stuff like that. You know, people tend to grow up. And I'm like, mm, well, that, that, that doesn't, you know, in terms of when you look at it from a psychological perspective, what, what psychology says is that, listen, once a pattern is created and you don't stop or you don't acknowledge that there's a pattern, it becomes a part of you. And it's going to be very difficult to, uh, to get rid of that pattern. So it's dangerous. 
you know, because I feel, this is just my personal view, but I feel that there's a certain age um, as a man, and this is not just a, this is not exclusively for women, but it's from both men and women. There's a time I feel that, for example, when, um, when you're about to graduate uni or you're about to start work or you just started working, your priorities have to change, not just in terms of activities, but in terms of um, your personal growth. Because let's say you're 25, 26, you know, you've, 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 um, you've graduated from university, you've, you've, you've got a job or whatever the case might be, you've got your own business. Um, there's a certain level of personal growth where you have to be like, rah, you know what, I'm 25, I'm 26, I need to, I need to have a certain level of personal growth so that in the event that I get married to a woman or I get married to a man, I can be the ideal partner for them, and not just for your partner, but for your children. It's, it's, it's always, the, the main for me as a man, the end goal is always the children. Because if I don't have my shit together as a man, how could I possibly raise another human being? And, and, Dylan, and, and Dylan, what you're saying is very correct, but I don't feel like a lot of people have these conversations with themselves. I feel like a lot of people, the, the hard girl summer generation, are doing all this shit to numb all these feelings of, of getting older and now it's time to grow up. People are, people are not as self-aware and have these conversations with themselves. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, I was going to point that out, that what it mm. would boils down to is not wanting to actually deal with the reality of things exactly the reality is you are getting older so as you get older your priorities change your obligations change there's a level of growth that needs to be there you know um i've been in situations where like you know i had conversation with girls that i, I could have potentially dated or whatever and i always ask them, look for me as a man my objective is to to find the right partner and you know and to make sure that we're on the same frequency and we have the same objective that way we can because you know what what, what a lot of people don't realize because you know a lot of people on social media want to talk about the problems in the community uh, mm-hmm. uh people are hoeing men are trash this and that people are always complaining but do you realize that all these problems would, would, would be solved if we started at home it starts with you because if you don't fix your shit at home, you're going to be, you're, you're essentially, you're going to be creating delinquence. Like, you're just going to be, you, or you're going to pretty much perpetuate the same degeneracy that's going on currently in our, in our, um, in our time. So, if you don't want, if you want the things to stop, like the things that are happening in our community, start with yourself. It's important that you start with yourself and say, listen... As much as I might have gone through X, Y, Z in my own youth or whatever it is, I don't want that to continue to happen with my own children. So what am I going to do? I'm going to deal with my demons. I'm going to address whatever issues I might have with my mom or with my dad. You know, I don't necessarily... Yeah, I don't necessarily... And the thing about addressing things with your parents, listen, some parents, especially black parents, are too proud to apologize. You oh get, yeah, never. You're never gonna get apology from a black parent. Very, I'm not saying it's never gonna happen, but it's extremely never. Rare. It's extremely rare. So yeah. you rest the issues that you have with your parents, whether you need to talk to them or whatever it is, get it out of your chest. And afterwards, you need to find time where you just forgive them, whether they've apologized or not. And then deal with your own personal demons, whether it's childhood trauma, abandonment issue, whatever it is. And then and, and 
And mm. Dil- Dylan, you're saying a lot of uh, factual things, but I'm gonna keep it a buck. Humans, <laughs> humans will always try to numb all these feelings, and and I have so many friends. And you, the, the, the things you're talking about, I have so many friends that have all these traits, and I'm like, rah. But w- w- when are we gonna move on? From okay, let's numb numb this pain with alcoholism or drugs or being uh-oh. a hoe. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. No, you you're triggering a lot of a lot of people in my life. I'm gonna be honest with you, because I'm like rah. You know what? These people like we're like especially my age, like 33, 35. I'm like fam. I've got so many guy friends and female friends. That I just don't want to address all this shit, and it's like, so if they don't address it, like as a friend, how can you address? How can you address it? Like, how can you help somebody like that? Because I like you, 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 you have saying all this shit is like it's it's brought up a lot of people in my life. I'm like, I don't think they're ever gonna be self aware or have that conversation themselves. So as a friend or a family member, how do you bring this conversation up? How do you, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, to be very honest with you, I've been in that, I've been in those situations where I've had female friends or, or male friends who have a lot of these, you know, like this kind of baggage and I do have conversations with them. And one thing I've learned is that don't waste your time. And I know that sounds very cold and very dismissive, but one thing I learned, not just from my experience, but even my mentors, you can only, listen, people, okay, I'll put it plainly like this. You are literally your own best friend no one knows you better than you so it doesn't matter whether Ningi or this individual comes into your life if you can't be honest with yourself there is absolutely nothing that I can do do you know that there's a there's a there's a statistic or a study that showed that only was it less than 10% I can't remember but it was um, it was a single digit figure mm-hmm. less than 10% uh, individuals who go for therapy ever get better. Less than ten. Less and than ten percent. Less than ten percent. That and go to therapy. Therapy. No, no. And the thing, I, I'm not saying that uh, they get worse or whatever it is. They mm-hmm. might just, they might get a few answers of why they are the way they are, or they might improve certain aspects of their life, but they never get better. As in, they still sort of like stagnant in and. Why? Why is that? Was the was oh, that's, there a reason? Yeah, no, that's why I said, listen, if you are your own best friend, no one knows you better than you. So by virtue, if you want to fix your own stuff, it's up to you, genuinely. And the thing is, I know this because I've been in situations where, I've, for example, I've dated certain girls or I've had certain friends where, like, I've tried. And, and you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I Because of, and I don't want to sound egotistic, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but because I had that very le- that very high level of self-awareness, mm-hmm. I had time in my life where I had sort of like this savior complex where like... Oh, was- don't even talk about Captain Saver Ho. I am <laughs> Captain Saver Ho. I want to save distressed females. I have that... Listen, I, I, I'm, I am moving away from that right now. That's my biggest problem is dating mm-hmm. girls that I want to save. And I'm like... Hold like I, 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 you get it for me. Trust me. <laughs> I stopped. I, I stopped because I realized it was making me just like so annoyed and so like even depressed to a degree. Because it's like, wow, like I'm trying to help you, and not that I would go out and looking for for broken women. They would like mm. 
affecting me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I realized, it, for me, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? If I, if you can't help yourself, there is no way. But that's hard to watch somebody crash. Like, I know people that are going to crash. Like, I'm not talking about in five years' time. Like, it's like, it's just like, just to sit and watch is like, it's horrifying. You know what, Uncle Eli, I know, like I said, I know it sounds cold and dismissive, but there's nothing that you can do. Genuinely. So people like that, should I cancel them out of my life? Should I walk away? Should I be there? Like what? You know what? Can I, and this is going to sound cold again, <laughs> uh, but for me personally, I'm just speaking personally. Mm-hmm. When I had those people in my life, I realized something. I was more stressed. I would have like, they, cause for example, a lot of these, and a lot of them were females. A lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of the females, yeah, yeah. 100%. females, because they would call me because they knew that I, I'm not someone who judges them, and at mm-hmm. the same time, I'm not gonna bullshit them. They would call me like on a weekly basis in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and they knew I'd answer because they knew that, oh, you know, Dylan is not the type yeah. of person I call, yeah. whatever. And they would tell me all their baggage, what they're going through, and, and the thing is, I never had a problem with it. But I would give them sort of like the answers to deal with certain things and they would never apply it. And then I got to the point where I was like, rah, like I have these people in my life and they, they're not bad people. They, they, at their core, they're amazing people. They're loving, they're sweet. Yeah. Um, and I know that they love me and everything. But I realized like it was affecting my, my own peace as well because I, I, every time I would have that conversation with them, I would feel down. I would feel very low. It's like that... Because, you know, energy is transferable. You know what I mean? So they would relay that that depression, that stress, that anger, whatever emotion they would feel onto me. I would be the re- receiver at the end. And what? And not to say that I had a problem with it, but the mm-hmm. problem I had is that you're asking me for advice. You don't apply it. And then you keep on having this cycle where you tell me the same problem over and over again. And I'm giving you advice. You're not taking it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I got to a stage, and like I said, it sounds cold, but I had to cut them off. And it's not even a personal thing, but it was like, listen, I need to be healthy. Like, mm-hmm. there's a, you know, as, as someone who has somewhat like of a healing aura or nature to them, you also need to preserve yourself. You also need to prioritize it. Listen, at some point, you're going to get married, okay? You're going to be accountable to your wife, to your kids. You know what I mean? So you need to have a healthy state of being. So I said, listen, as hard as it is, I'm going to have to... And I cut them off. Genuinely, I cut off all the females. that. And like I said, it's not even a personal thing at all. Yeah. I love them, you know, and, you know, if ever something really, really dark was to happen, I would pull up, no question asked. But that constant communication where, like, you ask for advice, I give it to you, you don't apply it, it, it wasn't working because I felt myself... I could feel my, my spirit being weighed down. So my advice to you is, honestly, if you try and help them, you can't help people who don't want to be helped. Let's, listen, okay, let's, let's take um, um, an example, all right? A, a random example. Let's take someone who mm-hmm. is a clear alcoholic. Yeah. Do, you, do you know that the, the symptoms of someone who's perhaps an alcoholic or even a sex addict, or whatever ad- addiction they mm. might have, it's yeah. it's it's parallel to someone. Like for example, if you knew your friend was a cocaine addict, mm. they would tell you, "No, no, I'm not addicted." 
but it's clear. Like it's it's so evident. No, it's it's very yeah, hundred percent. You check. So um, people like that, you can't you can't really help them unless they want to help themselves. Okay, I will give the exception to every rule. The only time I've ever seen people um, um, try and fix themselves or get help is when they've gone through something really traumatic, as in they've lost a, a family member. Oh, actually, in most cases, they actually become worse. But I have seen in my own personal experience people who were about to really go off the rails and then something dark and tragic happened. And then they, com- they made a complete U-turn. That's the only time, but it's very rare, very. But most okay. people, yeah. So my advice is, to be honest, for your own personal health, like mentally, you might you probably have to cut them off because they're not adding any value to your life genuinely yeah it's a it's a hard pill to swallow and i think i need to do that on a lighthearted note you you brought up something on on whatsapp about when i I told you about the dmx challenge and and you said (laughs) i don't know if you want to bring it up but i I don't know you, you, you don't understand how how much backlash <laughs> and how people said, oh, you're toxic by having this POV. And I'm actually scared to bring up what we said. But it's true. What, like, say what you said to me on WhatsApp. <laughs> what I said was initially, and look, I don't I'm, I don't really care what people get upset because if something is not true, you're not going to be upset about it. <laughs> um, but what I essentially said to, you, to my uncle, I was like, listen, one thing that I'm noticing about this DMX challenge is that black women seem to do everything in their power not to look black. <laughs> no, because really, because I, and I'm going to speak personally, this is my personal view. Mm-hmm. One thing I promised myself, you know, um, and look, we don't know what the future holds, but in the event, let's say I was to ever get married to a black woman, one thing I've said to everyone, including my mother, by anyone who knows me, I mm-hmm. would marry anyone who puts on weaves or wigs. You have Why? No... What have you against weaves? What's your, what's your problem with weaves? And I'm no. playing devil's advocate. Okay. Number one, you're black. Okay? Why, okay. Are, why are you trying to install Eurocentric features on yourself? Why? Because, okay, let's look at it. Let's look at it in the long-term picture. Let's say mm-hmm. I married to a woman who uh, had weaves or wigs mm-hmm. and we had a child we had a daughter what is my daughter gonna think when she sees because my daughter is gonna have a natural hair let's say she's four or five she's gonna have yeah. a hair and then she mm-hmm. sees mom mom has natural hair but she covers it up with hair that does not look like hers what is psychologically what is my child going to think and, and and let's not even add the other what do you, what do you think she's going to think oh, okay cuz let, let's add, let's add the other variables and i know what, where you're going but exactly. i want let's, to i want to say yeah let's add the other variables as well where of, of course because of the media my child is also going to see what what people would define as beauty as 100% un- and, I, and it's a very important conversation and I've seen it with a lot of kids. I've seen it. I'm not going to talk about where I've seen it, but I've seen it. I've seen it where black kids grow up thinking that they're not beautiful because of what the, when you're talking about the mother, whether it's media, whether it's, you know, the toy industry. Exactly. And yeah, it's it's a real issue. Exactly. And it's, it, we're perpetuating the same issues over and over again yeah. without us realizing it. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so if my if my daughter inevitably sees that on 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 TV or in a cartoon, and then she's also seeing it in her own mother, psychologically, what do you think that does to her? She's gonna think, raw, like I'm not beautiful. If I'm gonna be defined as beautiful, I'm I'm gonna have to 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 perm my hair, wear hair that's not mine, you know, wear wigs as if I've got cancer, you know. So. For me, it's like, why would I want to? Why would I want to have a child? Why would I want to procreate with someone like that? What exactly are, are you going to teach my daughter? And you know? and and I'm gonna play devil's advocate because I've had this discussion with some girls and they got triggered, and, and I know some people are going to get triggered. And it's my problem with society. You niggas just want to think one way, and you don't wanna, you want to have a conversation. You don't want to have thought provoking conversations. But this is take me back to the nice podcast. We're going to say it how it is. No PC bullshit. Why? And I know a lot of people, why do you wear European hair or Latin hair or whatever, wherever you get your hair, Indian hair? What's the reason? And I know they're going to be like, oh, black hair is hard to maintain. I go to work every single morning. It Uh takes forever to comb. It takes forever to do this, this, that. But I don't think that's the only reason. I think there's some deep... It's not even a rooted no, issues I wanna that I de- think black women need to have with themselves. No, I want to debunk that because it's not even a reason. Okay. A the, lot of women are gonna say that, Dylan. A lot of women are gonna be like, ah, oh, you I'm don't know how it is to have no, a bla- no, deal no, no, with black no, no, hair. No, 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 no. I, and I'm not even speaking for myself. Okay. Uh, I know mm. a lot of black women who have kids, who are married, who have mm. jobs. Everything. They have the whole shebang, and they mm. have natural hair. They take care of it. It's about priority, okay? And the only women who say stuff like that, they either the only two types. Either mm-hmm. you don't even know how to take care of your own hair because you've spent so many years putting bullshit in Word. your head. Or, or you're too lazy. Or you're too lazy. That's what it is. You're too lazy. Or you, d- you, don't, you, d- you don't love yourself. <laughs> exactly. So that is it, it doesn't even fly because I know tons of friends, female friends, you know, mentors, female mentors, and they and they have their natural hair. And I, I, I always ask, and, and the thing is, the reason why I'm so passionate about it because I always used to sort of not buy it, but I used to be like, oh, okay, you know, if you argue and say, well, it takes too much time, fair enough. And I've spoken to those women, and they say, listen, it's about priority. It's not that difficult. It's really not it because they've told me their process that yes, I might have a job, I might have two kids and a husband, but I dedicate time for my hair. It's not difficult. And to add on top of that, I'm just gonna add it on top of that. Listen, I'm a guy and I've got dreadlocks tied in a ponytail. Okay, mm. that's my natural hair, but it's mm. not even difficult to maintain. All I do is condition it, shampoo it hair dry it and then every two weeks retwist it and I'm done but it's my natural hair I don't permit nothing it's my natural hair so black women that excuse does not fly that's number one number two that whole excuse I don't even want to hear that whole in in, <laughs> in the in the corporate world you know our hair is not allowed listen this is 2019 do not bullshit me if you ever discriminate anyone because of their hair there's a lawsuit on your hand as a company don't lie what about the women that say wigs and waves look better? What do you feel about that? Do they have, like, do you not think that they have a right? No, no. I, okay, this is uh, just to clarify something. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone reserves the right to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah, 100%. But voice, I'm not forcing anything. But for mm-hmm. me, if 
if ever I was to come across a black woman with a weave or whatever, a wig and all that stuff, I can never really take you seriously entirely. I'm not even attracted to that stuff. No, no, no. The, the views of Dylan do not represent the views of Timmy Back to the 90s podcast and myself. <laughs> I'm just speaking for myself. I can't take you seriously. Like, whatever you say. Why? 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 Can no, I ask you why? That doesn't... Because you're a walking contradiction. You are trying to, to, to be and look like something that you're not. You do not have Eurocentric hair. And, and... You're triggering put, a lot of females right now. One thing I would want to ask the lady. Uh-huh. I would... Listen, do you understand that black people, we are the most... Uni- number one, we are the original people. That's number one. 100%. Why would you want to look like everyone else? Do you realize that we are the only people whose hair defies black and, 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 and another thing, if you think that uh, European hair, wigs, weaves look better, honestly, like, honestly, it's... I don't even think that's true, to be honest, because there's so many hairstyles, so so many Afrocentric hairstyles you can do that look amazing, like honestly. And no. I hear some people that with women say, "Yo, guys don't like." Listen, guys don't give a shit what you have on your hair, and, and I, there are certain. There's so many Afrocentric hairs that look so sexy. So that whole bullshit that you know niggas won't like it or whatever is bullshit. Honestly, that's one thing I'll never understand about black women. Why you do you realize you are the only human being on earth whose hair defies gravity? Why would you want to look like everyone else? Why it defies gravity as a black? Why would you want to look like, no really? Why would you want to look like anyone else? So um honestly, like I said, this is a personal thing, but any woman who's wearing a weave or wig, I'm not gonna like I'm gonna I'm not gonna take you seriously. Like and and to be honest with you, I don't even find it attractive. Like I've I've gotten guys who have sent me a picture of like, oh yeah, look at this chick, she's so hot. I'm like, oh yeah, she's she's cute, but like that's not my thing. Like to be I'm not- to be honest, I, I I'm 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 neither no, but I I I am I, I like I love like Afrocentric hairstyles or whatever. Like, but I also feel like I'm numb to it. I feel like I have another option, but. To you know, be to 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 be okay with the girl wearing weaves and wigs, even though to they're not my personal taste. You know what I mean? But I'm kind of numb to it. I think a lot of guys are numb to it. But I I want to have this conversation. I want to know what you got. I, I want women to actually give me a valid reason why they wear wigs and weaves and they don't rock their hair naturally. I, like yeah, at me, Young wanna, Hills, one L, Instagram, Twitter. I want to know. I want one, 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 a female to give me a real reason. Not this bullshit about it's hard to maintain bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> because no, yeah. I don't. I, that excuse. If you, if anyone comes up with that excuse, no, <laughs> don't bother. Honestly, because they're all debunked. I know way too many, and I'm not talking about one or two individuals. No, I'm talking about many black women. And I don't think I I don't think black women realize how beautiful a black natural hair looks and how confident. Like when I see a sister rocking her natural hair, my ninja, my nigga, it's so sexy. It's like it's like wow, yo. In this in this day and time, it's like yo, you have confidence. You you, it's sexy. Like yeah. don't think niggas are not gonna try to highlight you. Niggas are still gonna try to highlight you. Women have the biggest group think mentality, so. And I hate it. And I hate it. Oh wow! And and and, and I I wish we had, we had more, um, you know, um, 
black singers and actresses rocking natural hair and kind of changing it. I know Alicia Keys tried to do the whole no makeup shit. She backlash from it. That's when huh? I realized she got backlash from it from black women. I know. I, like, I know. I know. Sick. Like, honestly. Like, no. you know what? I, I found Alicia Keys more attractive without makeup Man, than I did. She looks gorgeous. <sighs> Like oh, I, 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 I'm very anti makeup these days. I'm anti makeup. Yeah. I'm, I'm anti your freaking the things you put on, on like on top of your eye. What are they called? Eyelashes. I'm anti that shit. It, it looks so cringe. It's like, my nigga, I love you at your purest form. Like, I hate the whole makeup, the whole contouring bullshit. You women are doing it too much. I have to say. A lot of black women are, are contouring like too much. Like it, makeup has to—if you don't do it, it has to be subtle. And 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 you know what? And and, and the thing is, wow! Th- listen, like I said in the beginning, you reserve the right to do whatever the fuck you want to do. It's your life. Yeah. However, the, the problem that I have personally is makeup is not supposed to to cover up that you're clapped. It's supposed <laughs> to. Just be- Oh no, no. Do you, Uncle but, Ray, it, not- but it is though. Have you seen some of these transformations on Instagram on YouTube? Like, <laughs> fam, no, it's catfish. Nah, it's, it's proper catfish. You know, they say. I mean, I've I've never gone through it myself, but I've seen uh-huh. certain. I'm like, rah, like, and and it's not even like they are super clapped. As in, like, it's like, yo, you are not even. There's nothing remotely good looking about it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, look, the makeup thing. Look, I don't really care about the makeup thing. That for me is not that deep. I don't like it. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not. It's not my thing as well. Yeah, but yeah. I'm more concerned with the hair. That that for me, the hair sets the foundation for me because that's where it starts. Because hair, you know, like in in philosophical uh, terms, hair is supposed to be what defines a woman's beauty. So mm-hmm. if your hair is, if you have someone else's hair, what that says to me, and this is another thing I want to address, black women. Another thing I want to address is, for me personally, that insecurity of, oh, you know, what if you don't like it? It's so unattractive. It's bullshit. Women, it's it's bullshit. so unattractive. Like, mm. whenever I see or I can feel that you are an insecure black woman, I'm already turned off. You might have the biggest fat ass ever. But if you are insecure and you've got blue and purple weaves and oh my god i think i'm I'm about to vomit anyway let's move on to some real issues and end on this one the largest rainforest in the world, the Amazon, is a, is a vital carbon store that slows down the pace of global warming. It is also home to about 3 million species of plants and animals and 1 million indigenous people. Satellite data published by the National Institute of Space Research um, has shown an increase of 85% this year in fires across Brazil, most of them in the Amazon region. And... Um, Apparently, there's been a fire for the last three weeks in the Amazon, and hmm. people don't give a shit. People care but, more about I, the Notre Dame burning than about this shit. Can I play devil's advocate a little bit? Okay, okay. Let's let's see here. Let's see what you gotta say. Yeah. Um, it's not that people. For me, okay, okay. If people gave a shit, what could we do? Tell us. I'm in Malaysia. The Amazon is in South America. If I gave a shit, then what? Gave it, okay, let's let okay. What about raising money to fight these forest fires? 
awareness to fight this foreign virus. I'm I'm just big bringing up that that you know that people don't give a shit to even do anything. Okay, like not not a dame I was on fire and and a billion was raised in 24 hours. Why okay. isn't there okay. th- those efforts going on right now? I, I saw that analogy. Uh, I saw that. Um, I saw that analogy uh, with the Notre Dame situation. It's yeah. Not, Notre Dame, by the way. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> Notre Dame, Notre Dame, whatever. But anyway, um, um, the Notre Dame analogy doesn't work for me because the people who raised uh, the money for, you know, the building, number one, most of them were millionaires and billionaires. Um, they were people who were pretty much connected to. Uh, they were pretty much elitist families. Who, whose who's, um, ancestors essentially contributed to that building? I, I saw the list. A lot of the, okay. do- yeah. Okay. So, if we're gonna shift blame, it should we should shift it on the elitists. We cannot blame it on on the average Joe who is working, you know, a nine to five job and has got family and kids, or a, or a kid who's in college or whatever it is. Like that's why I'm asking. Like, I'm 23. What could I possibly do? And even if I gave a shit, then... I'm, I'm just saying that people generally don't give a shit compared to a church build a build burning. Ah, to be honest with you, I didn't give a shit for both. Like for me, it was one of those. Yeah, why? Don't... Why don't you give a shit about you know one of the biggest provides twenty percent of our of our oxygen? Why don't you give a shit about that? Hey, when it's I... burning. Okay, let, let me clarify. When I say I don't give a shit, I'm not saying that I, I'm happy that it's happening. One thing I've, I've, I've sort of uh, set myself on is that I don't get vexed over things that I have no control over. It's sad. You might think like, ah, oh, but that's not a good way to look at it. But really, I'm, I'm on the other side of the world. Why would I be stressed about what's happening? But it affects you, right? Yeah, of course it, it affects, affects the planet. Like, you yeah, can't hide away from the fact that this actually affects the planet. It burning. It, like, it's got so many indigenous species and animals. It's burning. No one gives a shit. Yeah, if we have to die, let's die. To be honest with you, I think it's long overdue. I think the world should should end. With all the toilet stuff <laughs> that's happening, I would not mind. Genuinely, I would not mind if the world ended and we just died because there's too much creative stuff happening from people, society, like, you know what, the thing, the, 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 the one thing that does bother me are the animals. The animals really affect me because, and this is, this is pretty much on, uh, I know this sounds wrong, or it's not wrong, but it's a fact. Uh, Colonialism created sort of like a, a, a frenzy, a, a situation where we we fucked up society. We, no, not society. We fucked up the environment. We fucked up um, the forestation, animals. Mm. A lot of animals are literally going extinct. The rhinos, um, yeah. leopards, all these. So the animals concern me more because it's like, these are just animals. So, so you don't get care about the indigenous people that live in the Amazon? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> No, definitely we care. Um, but in terms of it, for me, the starting point was the animals. We've messed up the animals so badly. Yeah. So yeah. of course, everything else. Because once you start compromising innocent animals that are important for our ecosystem, by virtue, by virtue, um, everything else doesn't matter. Whether it's the forest and even the indigenous people, you know. So. Um, 
like I said in the beginning, for me, it's one of those situations where it's like, I don't get too concerned. I, well, not too concerned. I'm numb to things that I have no control over. Things like Amazon Forest, as much as it's sad and it's worrying or, or whatever it is, I have no control over it. They need us to. So if we're going to be upset with anyone, it should be the UN. All these, all these, all, what, what is the purpose of these organizations? They're not going to do shit. And I'm, I'm going to end on this, on this, on this, and on this um, note. The saddest thing, and, 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 and I'm reading into more of it, apparently there's rumors that the farmers are the ones that ignited it. This is, this is a self-made fire. Um, the farmers want, want, want more space to farm. And there are a bunch of different conspiracies that I think it's, 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 it's probably man-made. Yeah. And I, it's, it's the saddest I, thing. I came across that as well. And, I mean, looking, I mean, look, if we were to look at, you know, Europeans' behavior in the last three, four centuries when it comes to colonialism and, you know, uh, chasing people away from, you know, their settlement, it's not far-fetched. It's really yeah. not fetched um, because the, I don't think people realize how big the Amazon um, forest is. It's, it's extremely huge. Yeah, um, and the, the best and probably the quickest way would be a fire, you know, yeah. and even to avoid a PR scandal where you're chasing people off their land. That was yeah. strategically the best way possible. You know what I mean? So... That could, it just shows uh, how selfish humans are, man. <laughs> We're the most selfish species ever. No, but to be honest with you, I think the genesis of it all are Europeans. Let's let's keep it a buck. Let's let's. Be, <laughs> oh, we are just we are just going along because the game. Because what what say? Okay, look what's essentially happening. Because I know people will say, ah, oh, you know, but other ethnicities do it. Listen, we are merely going with what the game is to survive. That's what people do. But if you look back to people's cultures, whether it's Asian, African, Native American, people minded their own fucking business. That we live, listen, if we look at yeah. it history. We never we, went on a boat and went to Europe or, or Asia. We, we stayed in Africa and we minded our own businesses. The white people that came and took our shit. <laughs> we lived harmoniously with, with, harmoniously with animals. They, 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 listen, they, they, are, they are drawings of, of how people, for example, in Asia or in Africa or even Native America, we live, definitely live in, in, in harmony with animals and with pretty much nature. But mm-hmm. now we don't. Now we don't. So, yeah, you know, to a degree, yes, we're all accountable, but it all started somewhere. European 100%. 100%. And it started with the industrial revolution, deforestation, everything like that. Anyway, I know you have to go. We're gonna end on that note. Wait, wait, um, yeah, no, we can continue. We can continue. Oh, you can continue. Oh, your girlfriend's left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just gave me a young kiss, and she was just like, "Yeah, you fucked up, nigga. You fucked." Up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but it's all gone now. So yeah, uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, the. Um, Honestly, um, like I said, when we look at a lot of the world problems, it all it, it all has a genesis for me personally. Um, so I don't I don't get upset, you know, because like people will talk about, oh yeah, you know, African uh, politicians are corrupt, and yeah, they're corrupt, and they should be held accountable. But if we yeah. let's okay, let's take for example, okay, let's look at Africa, the whole continent. There's a lot of 
there's a lot of toilet stuff going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't realize or think about. Do you realize America, Europe, China, these three powerhouses, they stand to benefit more with Africa suffering or Africa being corrupt? Because do you know. Uh, okay, what, explain more. Okay, so look at it like this. Because, and we will take our native country, Zimbabwe, for example. Or, yeah. Let's not take Zimbabwe. Let's take Nigeria. Okay. Let's okay. Take, all right. Um, what a lot of these, what 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 happens in a lot of these situations with the African leaders? Because when what most people don't realize is that in in the African leadership system, it's not the whole fucking country that's corrupt. It's a select few. It's oh, it's always. a select few. It's a, it's, a, it's a dozen few. Exactly. <laughs> uh. So. There's one, there's a political, there's a political uh, analyst, you know, he brought it up. He said, do you know, uh, do you know that a lot of these politicians, what they're doing now is they're taking a lot of deals, especially from China now. Uh, mm-hmm. They're taking deals from countries like China and even the States where they will say, listen, give us a tender for this land or this mining field and we will give you a retirement package. We'll build you a house. We will do X, Y, Z. So ultimately, what the leader does and says, okay, I'm, I've got what? Let's say five years in office or 10 years in office. At yeah. some point, to leave. What am I going to have? So a lot of these African leaders end up selling the country for their own personal benefit. And in the end, we are the ones that suffer. Oh, yeah. So, we're, we're, we're the one. Who, China is colonizing Africa. Mm. In the Caribbean, like it's it's happening, in the in like our 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 children are gonna be colonized by they're gonna speak Chinese like uh, that I see that already. Yeah. So, um, for me, like I said, people people want to blame um, simply and like I said, they are accountable. They are definitely accountable. However, we need to look at the hand that pays because the hand that pays is the hand that says okay so we need to look at it in terms of layers because they're layers to the ship they're they're proper layers like i mean like i know this might be slightly off topic um but look at for example the black lives matter situation or not situation but the the organization Mm. when it first came out i was very skeptical of it and maybe it's just my why were you skeptical no, because, because, because of what I understand of how political and military science works, protesting, this is what a lot of people don't know or understand, protesting is a marketing tool. It's a marketing tool. Yeah. Protest tells the world what you stand for and why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. After, protesting is supposed to last for a certain period. It shouldn't last more than a week. That's the maximum. Why, 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 why not? Isn't that happening in Hong Kong right now? I don't know if it's still happening, but we're in Hong Kong. Weren't they protesting for like a whole month? Oh, no, no, no. In, in, in homogenous societies, I don't know how that works, but I'm talking about in, 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 in societies where there's a mixture of cultures and races. Oh, okay, okay, okay. In, in homogenous societies like Hong Kong, I can't speak for that. I, don't, I would be lying to you if I said I understand the science. Okay. Um, okay. It's in, in countries where you know, um, there's a mixture of cultures, you know, tribes, all these different... Mm-hmm. It's, protesting is a marketing tool. 
after you protest, there's supposed to be a long-term strategy. Or do you, okay, let's take America, for example. How often have you seen the Chinese community protest? I've never seen them. I've never seen them complain. I've never seen them. What, what, what issues do they have? What issues do the Chinese community have for them to protest? Oh, no, they do get, they do get a, well, actually, to be honest with you, I'll be lying. I don't really know what issues that they have. But the yeah. reason why they don't have an issue, do you know, and this is, and people can look it up, in terms of disposable income, Asian Americans make the most. More oh, than yeah, 100%. 100%. One thing I, I found out is that what Asian Americans do, instead of protesting and doing all this higgy-haga bullshit, what they do is, when it's time for election, they simply put money into the person who's going to be in, whether it's going to be a governor or a mayor. Because yeah, we, we, we spoke about that last week, and black people don't do that. Exactly. We don't... We don't we don't support the people that support our agenda. Exactly. We just we just yap 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 and we actually don't take action to, you know. <laughs> exactly. So um so in terms of the Black Lives Matter, I, I was very skeptical because I was like, what I'm seeing is just protesting. Like they were just a bunch of alarmists. Like someone someone will get shot, protest. Protest, protest, protest. What did you what did you what what would you do if you were what's his name? What's the who's the leader of Black Black Lives Matter? What's his name? George Soros. Oh uh, yeah, what would you do? Number one, George Soros is a Greek white man. Already, that's a red flag, a major one. He gave them. This is on their organization. This is not a conspiracy. George Soros gave thirty million in grants to Black Lives Matter. That is, when you pay that kind of money, what that says to me is that. You are creating the narrative. Those, those, um, those, because in, on their website, what, 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 what narrative? Mm, well, what do you mean, what narrative? The narrative in terms of okay, so you know how there was the civil rights movement with MLK and all these different individuals. Yeah, mm-hmm. they started it. It was started by black people. Black Lives Matter was not started by black people. It was created by George Soros. Okay, yeah. So the moment you start taking grants or you are being paid by people who do not look like you. You're not controlling the narrative. For me personally, I mean, look, this is a debatable thing. But for me personally, you're not controlling the narrative. You, someone is paying 30 million. Like, seriously. You really think... So you, you didn't want them to take that check then? No, my point is, Black Lives Matter wasn't even started by them. It was started by George Soros. Because for me, okay, okay. I'm going to go onto like conspiracy level now, but the, okay. way, the way I see it, I see it as a lot of these elitists said, listen, we don't want what happened with the civil rights to happen again. So instead of these groups growing organically, why don't we give them, why don't we give them the, the movement or the group and then we control the narrative? Because, okay, okay, answer, answer this one question for me. Black Lives Matter has been, has been there since, what, 2014? When 2019, five years later, what is Black Lives Matter? What have they done, Black Lives Matter? In terms of substance, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about protest. R- raise awareness. <sighs> you know, Uncle Lou, you know what? That whole raise awareness. So, so awareness is not important. Raising awareness is not important in your eyes. Let me land. Let me land. Let me land. Uh-huh. 
that self-awareness excuse, it's I don't I don't like it and I don't buy it because we are in the 21st century. We're in the age of information. I can listen. I'm in Malaysia and I'm I can know exactly what's going on in America, literally. Okay, so that self-awareness thing, it's a weak... What's self-awareness? Raise awareness. Sorry, sorry, uh, raise awareness. That raise awareness excuse is not good enough for me because everyone has internet But do you not know, do you you not think there's a group of society that did not know uh, the issues that black community are dealing with? Okay, so let's... Police brutality and so on. Um, There's 100% a, 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 a... you know, certain people that were not aware of these of these issues. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Let's go with that narrative. There are mm. certain groups of people who are mm. oblivious and don't even know what's going on. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're in. Okay. Black Lives Matter has been there since 2014. We're in 2019 going to 2020. What has happened? The only thing is, is, is that they raised awareness, and and people now know, you know, society now knows this is the issues that black people are dealing with. Look, other other than that, I, I I agree with you. But what else could they have done? We know they're not in a position of power. Okay, so so um, remember the conversation that we had a couple of weeks back, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These problems that are in the black community, especially in the states could be fixed by starting with the community. All these, ga- all, all, these um, all these senseless killings, all these black men killing each other, you know, poverty, all these things could be fixed by building institutions. You had 30 million in grants. Are you telling me... It's not a lot of money. Okay, it's not a lot of money. But <laughs> it's something you can start with. Because 30 million... Is something you can start with. You can build. But you also understand they were given 30 million to push an agenda. They couldn't take that 30 million and do something else with it. They couldn't take that 10, 30 million and put, the, put it in the community. That take that 30 million and maybe use it for awareness, for the campaigns, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so you also can't look at it that way. You, do, you don't know what well, that 30 million didn't have, you know, certain, you know, caps to it. Yeah. Conditions yeah, to it. Definitely. The, the, uh, and what you're saying, and you're making my point, what you're saying uh, goes to what I said originally. The what the hand that pays is the one that says. So yeah, you're right. They might have been contractually obligated to mm-hmm. just be limited to protesting or whatever it is. But as a so-called movement that cares about black people, what was stopping them? Because they have a platform. Like, I think everyone, like, globally, people must be, or not everyone knows, but I think they've gained enough traction to say, okay, people now know us, okay? Mm. Celebrities have used the, the whole uh, Black Lives Matter. Celebrity, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Beyonce's of the world. Yeah. So, in terms of platform, they have a higher platform. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a moment where they said, listen, let's set up a meeting with Oprah or Beyonce or any one of these celebrities? And because we can just shift it and just say police brutality, systematic racism. And yes, that might be the case. But you have no economic bargaining power. So how do we combat what we're, what we're dealing with systematically? Not superficially, because the reality is what black Americans need to understand. You are not Americans. You are not. You are African. So how do you... And, and, and this is the difference between African American and Asian American. Asian American know they're not American. They know it. 
They might call themselves Asian American, but they know that, listen, yo, I'm Chinese, I'm Japanese. Yeah, I just happen to be a Chinese in America. So in order for me to survive this place we call America, I need to control the narrative in my community. Okay, so how do I do that? Oh, okay, as a community, let's rotate our money within each other. Our money should not go out too often in our community. It should stick inside. That money that we make in our community, collectively, we need to put it into a mayor or a governor. Because those are the people. Because yeah. once, you, once you fund their campaign and they win, that you can, you, because of, a, uh, in terms of on a contractual level, you can demand and say, listen, I put money in your campaign. I want X, Y, Z to happen to ensure mm-hmm. this secures this and that for my community. Black Lives Matter, that's my issue with them. They have a huge platform, and none of that conversation ever came into play. No, it, it didn't. It didn't, they, yeah. Oh, victim, victim. Oh, police, but that, uh. And yeah, it's like, okay, now what? The victim always looks to be victimized. Yeah, I, I hear what, what, you're told, what, what, what you're saying, but who do you think they could have... What governor, what black governor or uh, senator or, you know, uh, counselor could they have gone to, you know, and said, yo, this is, we're coming with money, money, money. This is the agenda and policies that we want when, if you were to win. Who do you see? Cory Booker, I'll give you an example. Cory Booker was asked by black people, what, what, what are you going to do for black people? Why should black people vote for you? And he said to them, yo, I'll come back to you. So it's like, do and- you think... Can I tell you okay. something? Uh, every right to give that answer because black people think that if voting is enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. You need to put your money where your mouth is. But do you think there's a candidate that would be pro-black and and because what what once you're siding with Black Lives Matter movement and you have you know you you're also neglecting. A, a big part of white America. So, is there any candidate? Is there is that, is that candidate there that would you know take black people's money and and run with a campaign? You know, um, well, well, first of all, they black people would never. Black people are way too unorganized and politically too retarded <laughs> and raise money. So, the, even the notion or the hypo, uh, like the hypothetical situation of that even happening is is so astronomical you don't even believe yeah. it and you and you can see it on cuz you know I, I was very i took interest in uh black america's spending black america black america's spending will give you an idea of where their priorities lie so there's no way in hell it will never happen at all so for me, that's why I said, uh, I mean, I said it, we, mu- we once had this conversation, you know, uh, privately. Mm-hmm. I once said that, listen, when I look at it holistically, it's very hard to feel sorry for black Americans. It's very hard because they are, as a, as a, as a group, black America, they are a trillion dollar. Oh, yeah, 100%. They make more than, they are the 10th richest nation as a community. They make trillions. Like, I don't think most people know that. So, like, you guys make trillions as a collective. I'm not talking about individual, collective. And you are, you go through the things that you go through. It's like, nah, there's no excuse. 
Your priority, your priority is getting a merc that you can't even afford. Your priority is buying shit that doesn't even have any value long term. And another thing, and I'm gonna put this as a sort of like a side note. This might be uh, taking like a side step, but okay. Do you know, um, a lot of white people, and this is this is something that I um, I studied on my own. You, sometimes you have to be acquainted with your enemy. Do you know that what a lot of white families, their big check comes from life insurance? Do you know a lot of white families are becoming rich through insurance? They take an insurance 10, 15 years earlier on a father or a mother. When that mother or, when that mother or father dies, they get an insurance payout, whether it's half a million or a million, depending on what their policy, what policy they took. So that's another, that's another avenue that black people have never thought about and said, oh, you know what, how can I secure the future of my, of my kids or my kids' kids? But I feel like this, this generation or this next generation will probably be on it. I feel like our, my, 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 my parents' generation was probably didn't think about that, like the future. But I, I don't know. I think that, that may be, I feel like I'm sure this generation knows that you, uh, no. onto the life insurance thing. You don't think so? I, oh, okay, look, the smart ones, yes. I'm not saying that ah, yeah. not, they are but smart. As a, but as a whole? As a whole, no. no I, I hear you. We, prior, we, 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 we were thinking about getting a Lexus and a Rolly and that's it. <laughs> and the Gucci, this Gucci, that, even though he said we we're going to boycott Gucci. but And that's another thing about black people. We can't unite as one to be like, listen, we're going to shop black. We're not going to support you racist motherfuckers. We're not going to support... What's that What's that company that put the black kid in a, in a, in a monkey sweat, sweater? Uh, what's that? H&M. Yeah, people are still shopping at H&M. <laughs> H&M has not been affected at all by that whole scandal. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like... I don't take black outrage seriously because I know it's just going to last two weeks and then you're back to buying Gucci. You're back to buying H&M. So it's like, what's the point? It's all, it's all it's, it's fake outrage. Be consistent. It's, it's sad and pathetic. And, and I'm sure there's a group of people right now listening and saying we're in the wrong. And that's the problem. The group thing mentality that I hate of the society that we can't have objective conversation. You, you're not always right. I'm not always right. Like, and, 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 and that's another thing that I've also realized, like being on social media and especially Facebook, I, I, <laughs> Uh, you know the conversation we had about the whole black women wigs and shit, the conversation we just had prior? Uh-huh. So I shared it on my Facebook, right? And then a group, one person was like, yo, the conversation you're having is toxic. What, what, what? And I'm like, fam, wh- wh- why, why are you, why is everyone wanting to toxic conversations? You want a PC conversation. And, and I hate how people now are paid to me as I'm the bad person that has toxic conversation. We all have toxic conversations among us. Let's stop all this bullshit that people don't have toxic conversations and now you're on social media, you want to be PC. I'm not going to be PC. That's a choice that I've made. I'm like, I hate this PC generation how everyone wants to just, you know, think one way. Listen, why is it... I am we are, I'm having this thought provoking conversation and a lot of it was very factual shit but how how is that toxic Well to be honest with you I don't I don't listen there there's certain keywords that I don't take seriously toxic 
misogyny, sexist, racist, because a lot of it has become a gimmick. It's used in the wrong context. Hey, you tell know, me about it. Do you know what toxic means? Do you know what misogyny Like, do you know what these words mean? So a lot of these words, are, they're gimmick to me. I don't even take it seriously. Someone can say I'm, I'm a misogynist. I won't even, even be offended. I'm like, oh, okay. Because I know you've used it in the wrong context. It doesn't mean anything. You heard and something was, you don't like. So the easiest... Yeah, and now it's toxic. <laughs> yeah. So the easiest thing for you to, 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 to just say is, ah, you're toxic or you're, you're, you're misogynist, you're sexist or whatever it is. I'm like, and, and and the funny thing, the person was this. I know this nigga say shit behind social media, behind closed doors. That's really toxic. I'm like, fam, I'm having a conversation with somebody, or I'm I'm talking about this. Why is it because you don't disagree? It's toxic. It's bullshit. And I and I I realize, yo, I need to get off Facebook. I need to just like it's it's time because it's like. People, it's like a highway. It's like we're all in one one road going the same direction. It's like, fam, it is so pathetic how PC the society is. And, and even even with black people, I'm seeing it. I'm like, what? Yeah, honestly, I I don't I I genuinely don't take anything that people say seriously. People, because for me, it's like. How how is it that you hear something that you don't like and the next thing for you to say because you don't like it is ah you are toxic you are this instead of having a conversation instead of understanding my POV you're running to outrage that's the thing as well this is outrage over the smallest things <laughs> because for me because you know what and, and to, sometimes to a degree I understand why some people are like that it's a lot of it is just lack of self-awareness insecurity but one thing i would draw for myself personally is that i've been in situations when i was younger maybe when i was a teenager where i've i've had conversations with people where they might have said something i didn't like or agree with but Mm -hmm. you you might get upset in that specific moment but I would always go back home and think about what they said and be like, rah, but you know what? Mm. A lot of what they said was cuck, but there are about two or three things where I'm like, yeah, but maybe there's an element of truth to it. Exactly. And a lot of people don't have that. And I think it's important for you to, to deep what someone is saying. You, don't, you might not have to like it in that specific yeah. moment, but be self-aware enough to say, you know what, I'm going to sleep on it. I'm going to think let, about let it. Me, let me sit in that person's chair and say, okay, well, let me see what, what they're trying to say, the POV. Just don't rush and just trying to cancel people who don't think like you or who say things that you would never say. I hate it. <laughs> you know, one thing my mentor once said to me was like, because I, I, I once asked him, I, I had this situation with uh, with an ex of mine and I was I was just like bearing my soul to him and I was like, but why, why is she doing this or why did she do that? And he said to me, if you want to understand why certain people do what they do or behave the way they behave, put yourself in their shoe. He said, literally, imagine yourself in their shoe. He said, once yeah. you get your perspective on certain people or their action, it's different. You don't necessarily have to agree with them, but you yeah. have an understanding. And I think that's important. You know, for example, um, uh, I know, I know. This year, there's been a lot of like um, interest in uh, these serial killers, like Ted Bundy. 
you know, all these uh, individuals like uh, Ted Kemper. Uh, all, all, the, all the documentaries that people that, are making. Uh, mm. and, oh, and I had a lot of arguments, well, not arguments, I don't really argue, I dialogue, but um, mm. had a lot of situations where people were sort of uh, upset with how I saw a lot of these uh, serial killers because I said to them, listen. What did you say? <laughs> well, what I, what I, because I, I, I took interest in a lot of these serial a lot of them, because I, I, I really could not imagine myself some of the things that they were doing, I was like, rah, like, how do you get to that point? Like, genuinely. And when you dig deeper into the, because what I always say to people, look at the genesis, because no one just wakes up and decides to start killing people. It, it's, it's not normal. When you get to the genesis of why certain people ended up the way they ended up, you begin to understand and be like, ah, okay. You got to that point because of X, Y, Z variables. Not to say that it excuses you. You definitely need to, you know, face the consequences. But you understand, okay, you got... Because I always say to people, the human mind is so fragile. It takes the slightest tap to tip it in the wrong direction. You are literally just one tragedy or one, you know, a dark experience from being something that you thought you could become. Literally. So... I take interest in the genesis because once you understand the genesis, you can actually prevent from your kids or even yourself ever getting to that point. But especially, yeah. especially you can. So, and and that's, a, that's a good point, especially about the whole Ted Bundy. I haven't watched it, but I, I saw a lot of people saying, you know, I, I hope that, um, that those who watched the Ted Bundy special are taking from it the magnitude of the types of threats women face. You know, the, the, reality, the, the reality that something as simple as helping an injured man with a bag is a gamble for safety. And it's a conversation that I've had with my female friends. I've, I have a lot of female friends that go out on their own. They go out night on the town and they get drunk. And I'm like, yo, are you, are, why are you going on your own? And, you know, as a woman, like, it's not safe. And they're like, nah, I, I'm grown. I've lived on my own. For, I hate that. I'm like, do you understand like, how many pedophiles and serial killers are out there especially even in the uk like it's it's crazy and it's like why 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 are women like that they like they, they think that like they're, they're like a man like we can defend yourself no you can't you are a threat at all or, or, especially at times in the night when you're drunk when you're visually impaired and shit like that you know what um and even as a man i will speak mm. for my system like i'm i'm a pretty like I can take care of myself physically and emotionally and whatever. Mm. But mm. even as a man, whenever, mm. whenever I, I, I've gone out, I always, there, there's certain things that I do. I, I tell people where I'm going. I put my location on. And if I feel like I'm going to a place where, you know, I, I'm not familiar with, I go with, with, a, with a wingman. Because it's like, mm. as much as I'm a man, anything could, I could get, I could get mugged. I could even get raped as a man. Mm. Yeah, it can mm. happen. Mm. Sometimes when you're drunk and you're visually impaired, you know, you're in the source, whatever it is, you can, you can get into so many dark situations. So mm. imagine you as a woman, you are shorter, you're less mm. strength, you have less strength as a man. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
you are two times more vulnerable than a man. And this is not a, a sexist thing. It's, this is biology. It is what uh, it is. And a lot of people are going to look at it like that, like, oh, you no, but it's facts. It's facts. And I, even I, I, how we, we women dress, you're more like, and I, and I hate saying that because I know how women are going to be like, you feel like I'm detecting what you should wear. But there's a correlation to what you wear and, and the attention you get. And it's like you're sticking out like a sore th- thumb if you, you know, walking down the street with like a miniskirt just above, you know, <laughs> you know near, near your waist. You know what I mean? Like you. Just be self-aware that there's some sick on this world. I'm not. I'm not dictating what you should wear, but just know that you're gonna get some unwanted attention. That's where it boils down to self-awareness. Because I always, mm. and I've been saying it to my female friends, we this this world is a jungle. Mm. It's a jungle. Because I said to them, I was like, listen, picture this world as if you're literally in a jungle. If you were in a jungle where Animals can camouflage themselves. They have a higher speed, higher strength. Would you be moving as dizzy as you move? Like in, in normal, in, in normal in, like environmental life? You wouldn't. You would be very aware of your surrounding to say, listen, if I move dizzy, if I move in a tap way, I could get eaten by a lion. Or bitten by a snake. And and I, I'm going to add on, add on this one because I've got so many situations where a, a female friend goes on a date with a, a dude and she's not self-aware or she, she, she's, she's got her eyes closed and she doesn't realize this dude is a dickhead and maybe... And it sounds so perturbed, but you like this, women go out with so many dudes or, or just hang around with dudes that are very creepy and can be low-key rapists and they and they won't even know it but as a guy you, you you as a guy you know the creepy dudes you know the guy i wouldn't trust them around my girl i wouldn't trust them around my sister and i feel i have so many instances of uh, with, with 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 female friends they're like oh yeah this guy he did this crazy shit oh yeah he was telling me how how hard i was when i hugged him i'm like fam why are you still talking to this dude like those are the signs of serial rapists and, and, and killers and shit. Like, like peep the game. You know what I mean? And, and, and it infuriates me when I now I feel like I'm like the jealous, jealous friend and I'm like, why are you hanging out with this dude? He's got signs like he, he, he's creepy. You know what? With, uh, I've had female friends like that. Well, former. Um, where... <laughs> former? <laughs> no, no. I mean, like it's no beef, but I just... I, I just cut them off because I just felt like, look, you are, you are pretty much, you don't have a very good level of self-awareness. Because what, what I would find with the same, same, I mean, the same kind of women you're talking about where, you know, they'll tell you these stories of these men that they met in the bar or in the club and, you know, how they, and I'm like, rah, like, you need to be careful. You know what I mean? And then they'll be like, ah, oh, no, it's just, ah, it's just, ah, it's just, it's just like this, it's just like that. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. But hey, when shit backfires, don't come to me when, you know, things go south. And it's like, it's like, it's like clockwork. They always come back and they're, oh, Dylan, you were right. This happened to me. Uh, I'm like, because as guys, we know, we know, you know, so I, it's like, it's not, listen, it's not like I'm jealous or anything like that. It's like, mm. I actually care about you while being, exactly. and I know I, I know how niggas can be. They are, mm. well, look, not every nigga is like a serial rapist or whatever it is. It's mm. just a few who 
or predators, and you have to be aware of them. You know, because I've been listen, I've been in club situations. I've been in the club, and I'm observing. You know, there are times I'm in the club. I'm not even trying to mack on any chick. I'm just observing. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, dude, whew, wow. If this chick is not careful, it's not going to end well. And 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 you and you're giving up so many scenarios where. Even like women, the guy, the way a guy approaches you, if a guy approaches you so sleazy and touch, touch, touch you, fam, don't talk to that guy. Because th- those, those are certain things that make me cringe. And I see, especially in, my, in the Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe community, I'll go out like to Zim show and guy will just come and put his hands on a, on a chick's ass. And then a chick will just tolerate talking to him. I'm like, fam, why are you even talking to these douchebags? Like... What like and 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 funny thing, there's a story that's happening like recently in the Zim community in the U- in, in the UK. There's been a really crazy amount of females that have been killed by husbands of boyfriends in the Zim community in the UK. And a lot of people have been talking about why is it that a lot of Zim girls are getting killed by Zim men. And it is sad, but I have to bring up this when it talks about when we're talking about science. There's so many signs, whether a dude or a girl, and I've been in situations with a girl who has been physically, you, you can see this girl, you know, she, she there's a high chance that she might just throw a, 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 a phone at me or she might just slap me. Like the signs are there. And 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 I'm not condone, not don't take this as condoning, you know, domestic abuse and, and domestic violence. But women, they are signs. They are signs. Like, I would say 50% of dudes show those signs. Get to know what those signs are when you're dating them. And, you know, and, and let's get away from all this, like, oh, I didn't know. Listen, I know, I, I know so many friends of mine who have been in those situations, and I'm like, but I told you. I told you this dude has got temper issues. I told you this dude is, is controlling, doesn't want you to go out with your friends. Like, there's so many signs, and... I think you got women need to peep those signs. Sometimes, yes, there there are guys who will pretend to be a certain way and they will fool you. But I'm telling you, especially in this Melbourne community, there are so many signs with these dudes, and I see it all the fucking time, and I can tell it from a mile away. Yeah, you know what? Um, to be honest with you, I I I became very numb to a lot of these. Uh, not to say like I'm happy that it happened or whatever it is, but mm. I became numb to to women who clearly saw the signs in the beginning of the relationship, whether it was the first date or the second date. Mm. And they still date these guys. They continue to date. And then they end up being beaten or cheated on or whatever it is. And I don't really necessarily feel too sorry for them because it's like the signs were there. I told you. The signs were there. You think I'm a... a, Listen, getting girls for me is not an issue. I'm telling you, listen, I can... I'm okay. I'm gonna speak for myself, but mm-hmm. I'm the type of guy who can distinguish lines and say, "Listen, this is a platonic friendship. I'm not trying to get into your pants." Yeah. Okay, I can be friends with females without any ulterior motive. So when I tell you, and 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 you know what, it makes sense because I'm a guy and I know how guys can move. It can 100%. be grimy. It can be grimy. So it's like, listen, if I tell you that, hey, be careful about xyz dude deep it take the time to be like mm, okay mm. what dylan said i should you know move in a, in a safe manner take it seriously because when it happens and you don't listen 
It's like, oh, but man, like I told you, I hate to be that person who says I told you so, but it's like I told you, you know. So, I mean, in the Zim community, I mean, I've seen, I've seen the the story, but is mm-hmm. this, I mean, look, we obviously we can't get statistical data, but is it is it that rampant? Like honestly, in in no hundred percent. There's like every single month, there's some chick who gets killed by a husband or boyfriend. And the guys are awesome. Yeah, awesome guys. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, it it is it is an issue, and and I I feel like you know there needs to be you, you guys need to peep the guys you date because a lot of especially Zim girls, a lot of you have bad taste in men. Yeah. That's just honestly. I'm gonna say it. And it's not just <laughs> guys. Even Nigerian guys or Ghanaian. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. not even it's a nationality thing for me. It's a guy thing. You need to mm. keep the guys you're dating. And mm. it's the same it's the same thing with, with guys as well. Keep the girls that mm. you're dating as well. It's not it's not a an exclusive and, thing. And, and I hear this all the time. Yo, why does he want you to go out? Oh, yeah, he's controlling. He just loves me too much. He just want me to leave him. Fam, don't say that line. He's controlling. And don't equate controlling to he loves me. <laughs> I, I, I know so many, Dylan, you don't understand. I know so many homegirls who are in this situation with the guy who's controlling and maybe slaps them once in a while. And then it's like, but you saw the signs of him, how he was controlling and how he wanted to control every single manner of your life. And then you equated that to love. And I see that so many times with Zim girls and it's like, fam. <laughs> and you know, I mean, it boils down for me. Like, and look, I'm not saying that, uh, the people who go to these events are all toilet. But I can't lie to you. The last place that I would pick a future girlfriend is a club or a bar or um or these these sort of like events, Zimfest events. I would Zim, Zim socialite events. I would not pick listen, I would I'm the type of guy who would pick a girl in different who's pretty much show does her own thing and you know I mean like I said not to say that people who go to these events are trash or anything but it's not a place I would select from I would ex- I would exclusively select a person in a different environment a much more stable environment because listen when you're in a club or bar or Zimfest situation you're in the source you're having a good time you're probably horny you know and you know you want to get some 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 pipe or some poom you know and you equate that as if, like, yeah, they must be girlfriend material or boyfriend material. <laughs> but a lot of the time, they're not. So, also, you need to factor in where you select your guys or girls as well, you know, because it's all about environment as well. So, anyway, it's been a dope conversation. We've had a lot of conversation today. Our 50. Uh, Thank you. If you guys have reached this moment right now, if you listen to all uh, up to this time, I appreciate you. Thank you, Dylan, for having this conversation. Your girlfriend. Sorry, sorry I got you in trouble, your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Anyway, I will see you next time. Take me back to the 90s podcast. Have a good week. Peace. <laughs>